You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jasper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 145 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast, and we are back with one of our top 10 episodes. And this time, we'll each share five fantasy maps that are the worst. And we'll see who can, well, basically create the best worst list again. (laughs) (laughs) And this one's an interesting challenge to be describing maps while on a podcast. So the YouTube listeners, I I think everyone, just go check the show notes. We're going to have links to some of the maps we're talking about. Uh, But it'll be, um, yeah, we'll do our best. But I think we can be descriptive enough of what drove us crazy about the map in question. Yeah, we'll we'll try, we'll try. Um, at least uh, we have 144 episodes behind us, so hopefully we should be able to think about that this is an audio medium. <laughs> I know, compared to some podcasts, we're like middle-aged or something. We're getting into the upper dips here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that when you said that, that reminded me of... Um, the uh, some of the comments on Facebook around uh, the episode we did about marketing to different generations, oh, yes. and uh, Jason commented on one of the on that post about uh, listening to that episode made him feel really old. <laughs> I just had to tell him like me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when your age generation is next to the top, you're like, ooh, right, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's never fun. <laughs> no, no. It's not. <laughs> ah, so how are things over in Denmark, though? Uh, well, yeah. So this last week has been one of those where it actually started out quite well, but then it just went downhill from there. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, the good news was that uh, I, I went to that uh, interview to become a referee instructor that I mentioned a couple of episodes back. And uh, then the National Football Association actually came back and confirmed that I was selected. Wow, so congratulations. That was a good start to the week. That is awesome. Start um, to the week. Of course, I, I still have an exam to pass and I have like tons of homework I do need to do <laughs> in preparation as well. Learning like the laws of the game by heart and interesting stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but it does look like this thing is going to happen. So I'm pretty exciting. excited about that. It's very exciting. Yeah. But then it went downhill from there, as I said, you know, so um, first uh, the party who was selling the house that we were negotiating for, they decided that they didn't want to sell anyway. Oh, my God. So they just said that uh, we're going to pull the house off the market. So it was just like a colossal waste of our time. But also money, of course, because we actually paid a building inspector to go out and and look at the house and go through it with us, right? So totally waste of time and money. Um, But I I really think that these people selling the house, I think they were just in it for the money. You know, they tried to see if they could sell the house with a huge profit. Mm -hmm. And then when it turned out that they couldn't, because when we placed our bid, we bid far less than what they wanted. Um, and then they decide, well, apparently we can't get this much money for the house, so then we're just not going to sell it. But I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel, of course, it's it's their right. Uh, they, they can do that as they please, but it's really annoying. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Not, you know, it's not the way to, you know, test your house market by, like, you know, taking unsuspecting people who are sincerely interested in buying a house and be, like, toying with them. You know, it's that is a little rude. Yeah, I, I I don't know. It it also rubbed me the wrong way that that the way of doing that. But yeah. oh well, what are you gonna do? Yeah, there's nothing we can do about it. But at least now we know it's not gonna be that house. So we'll yeah. keep looking and searching and figuring out what to do. Um, but what was worse than that was that uh, our youngest son was also tested positive for corona. That is so, so sad. Uh, I'm glad he's yeah, doing okay. We already, yeah, we talked a bit about it offline already, yeah. Autumn. Yeah. So, yeah, but. Yeah, he's been in self-isolation since uh, 
the beginning of the week uh, with me sort of attending to him. Uh, I'm just a room service guy now. <laughs> and, uh, Gasol, I think, Gasol, come here. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that part actually he quite like. <laughs> so he's like, I would like something to eat. And then it's just like me coming with a tray with something food for him and stuff. So that part I think he's he likes, but... Uh, He's doing all right after the circumstances and he's already mm. starting to feel better and he's watched like 200 million hours of TV. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll see how it goes, but um, at least I've not got any symptoms yet, uh, even though I'm in, in close proximity with him. But uh, I just fingers crossed that it'll stay like that, of course. Yeah, so you're fully vaccinated. So that's, yeah, you know, I am, yeah. If you get it, I mean, the reason you are vaccinated that is that it should hopefully be mild. So, knock on hopefully, wood, yeah. you'll be, everyone will stay healthy and he'll get better very soon. I have to admit, when, if I, when I was a teenager, 10's a little young, but when I was a teenager, I think I would have adored being locked in my room with a whole bunch of books and some music <laughs> and comic books and been like, yes, just bring me food and tea. I'll be fine. Just leave me in here for a month. <laughs> Yeah, I think like a 16, 17, 18 year old, uh, you know, they would love that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I would too at that age, but 10, no, <laughs> yeah, that's a, a bit young. too young. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was always a drawler. So you, as long as my crayons were with me and some markers, I probably might be fine in there for a while. Yeah. Yeah, true. But yeah, I mean, due to all of these things, uh, I haven't really written much this last week. So I'm not too happy about that. But what we'll can you do? Yeah, we'll get back on track. It's fine. Life yeah. happens. And how about you? Oh, I already hinted I had a bit of a story. So this is one that there's a lot going on in my life right now. I have everything from a sick dog that has kept me up and I'm hoping I can stay coherent for the entire podcast because I'm on like, it's like, you know, having a baby every hour and a half, the dog needs to go out. <laughs> and so I'm so tired. This is day four in a row. Parents, I don't know how you do it. I really don't know how you do it, but I can handle a dog for about a week. And then I'm like, oh, please just get better. But I had an interesting thing that I had to share with you and the listeners that happened. Um, as you know, I was just down at my parents' house and that yeah. was, oh, it was so much fun. It was great being a kid again and getting to be spoiled with my parents <laughs> and then taking me out. But the day I went to leave was actually my brother's birthday and as you know, right. my brother passed away in 2000, so 21 years yeah. ago. He actually would have been 51. And uh, my parents and I were sitting around this little island in the kitchen. And I'm like, yeah, you know, today was would have been his birthday, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And my mom said, well, you know, it's funny. It's, you know, it's like he's there because um, his youngest son and my one cousin are the spitting image of my brother all the way down to his voice. And just okay. as my mom was saying that, and my dad was agreeing, the two drop-down lights above our head popped, like, really loud and blew. But they didn't just blow, they blew the entire circuit in the kitchen. And this is a newish house, you know, it's less than a 10 years old, they've just built it. And so, like, we're like, oh, gosh, that was that's quite the timing. After my brother passed away, they actually had a whole bunch of electronical issues that happened in our old old house so we're like oh huh, that was really funny haha it's your brother and so my dad's like okay he you know he went fixed the circuit not a big deal and as we're sitting back down finishing up breakfast i you know i've got an eight hour drive ahead of me so i'm trying to get ready to go mom's like oh i thought it was that light that blew dad's like no it's that light so they turned back on the lights they both worked they didn't blow either light they're both halogens um so when they blow they're like this pain in the butt that's cha to change but yeah, it was, uh, they turned back on the lights and they were fine. We didn't blow either light bulb. And so we all just, we just kind of sat there a few minutes like, that's really weird. That's never happened before. Kind of, you know, acknowledged, hey, you know, happy birthday, bro. And had a few minutes of silence and then we we're, okay, we got to get busy today. So I thought that was oh, just that's, so weird. That's amazing. It was so really... all the lights went all out and then you could just turn them on again as, as if nothing happened or what? Well, we had to switch the circuit breaker, but for there's no reason. I mean, it's not just that the circuit blew. The lights popped. I won't even do it on radio. It popped so loud. It was right over my head that I jumped off the stool. It was so amazingly wow. loud. It blew the entire circuit in the kitchen. That's incredible. And then when they turned on, back the lights on, everything worked fine. No smell of smoke, nothing. The house didn't burn down since then. It was just so strange. 
It was just a sound from beyond. Yes. And even uh, my husband's not quite into um, souls and spiritual beliefs at the moment. And he's like, well, we are all, you know, every every motion in your body is done through electrical impulses from your brain. He's like, so, yeah. Huh. Your brother would screw with the electronics or the electrics. And, right. Yeah. So it was really, it really felt like he was there with us for a moment, being his normal troublesome self. <laughs> Uh, that's that's actually a good story. I, I yeah. like I like stuff like that. I thought you uh, like that. I, I I really don't know what I think about you know the whole souls and spirits and so on. But I'm I'm also not in the place where I could you know say that I don't believe in it. I I can't say that either. But I'm also not sure if I do believe in it. You know, it's <laughs> it's I think it's very difficult. I think it does take time, but there's enough enough things that have happened in my life. I do believe that there is consciousness beyond our physical bodies. And that's how yeah. I put it. Whether you want to call it a soul or what, I don't like the religious context, you know that, but I do think there's a consciousness that is greater than the sum of our parts and that exists beyond our physical bodies. So yeah, I, I would be surprised that my brother would hang around for 21 years to drop by on his birthday. But as you know, he had a tragic death. So if anyone would have, you know, maybe he would. And it was really interesting, though, it was just when we mentioned how much my cousin yeah, yeah, exactly. and his youngest son are so much like him. At least look like him. And Attitude should... totally different. <laughs> <laughs> and if he should drop by at any day, that it would be that day. right? Birthday, so yeah. It'd either be the yeah. day he died, which it wasn't. It was on his birthday, which, yeah, that would be... Especially he, him and my mom were like, they're two peas in a pod. Their personalities were so similar. They'd call each other like five, six times a day. So, right. yeah, I could see him stopping by on his birthday to say hi to my mom. Nice. I like that story. Good story. Thank right. you. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So we got our monthly critical reading started, didn't we, Autumn? Yes, we did. It's very exciting to get um, see people voting on the books and getting into uh, the one we've chosen. Yeah, because in the next few weeks, we will do the episode where we will analyze uh, last month's book pick, which was the fifth season by N.K. Jemison. Yes. Um, however, it is now time to pick the book for October. It doesn't seem and, possible uh, already. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But that's the way it goes. You know, time flies when you're having fun, as they yes. say. <laughs> Very true. But uh, as a reminder, the way this works is that we've created a poll in the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And uh, here you can vote on which of three books you want us to read and analyze next month. Uh, of course, we would love for you to read along. And if you're a Patreon supporter, you will even be able to provide us with your views on the book. And we might just share that on air as well. Yes. So do you want me to share the books that we have the voting up for, Autumn? Yes, unless you want to paste them in the chat, because I did not grab them before we started recording. Again, <laughs> I'm a little tired today. I'm about as fuzzy as my dog, so... <laughs> <laughs> I did not prepare for that. I prepared for the rest of the episode, though. I did do that. Oh Well, that's already progressed. So, okay. Oh. I'll not hold okay. it against you then. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the, the books we picked this month uh, they is uh, the winner of the World Fantasy Award. It is called Witchmark by C.L. Polk. Mm. Or another winner of the World Fantasy Award, which is The Sudden Appearance of Hope by Claire North. Or finally, a third winner of the World Fantasy Award. Yeah, there, there's kind of, kind of a, a theme going on here. <laughs> but the final one that you can vote for is Jade City by uh, Fonda Lee. So um, the voting has already started in the Am Writing Facebook group. So either go there and uh, place your vote. Or if you want to become a more integral part of the pro process here, then go and join on Patreon. There's a link in the show notes for that as well. Sounds good. I think we should give the Patreon votes um, like double points because, you know, they're special. They're more important. They're more important. Yeah. And I think if you or I vote, because, you know, I have a vote on this one that we should get like 10 points. But, you know, that's, <laughs> that's my opinion. 
Well, we're not allowed to vote. This is the no. this is the people voting. It's not us voting. But we're readers too. <laughs> yeah, but they they force us to read autumn, and then we <laughs> just read what the people want us to read. That's the I way guess. it works. Well, it could be a worse job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, speaking of Patreon, by the way, we also want to give Nancy Hurst a huge shout out. Uh, thank you so much for becoming a Patreon supporter, Nancy. It really makes a difference. And uh, well, without people like you, we would probably not keep the podcast going for very long. So Very true. Thank you, Nancy. And welcome to Patreon. We appreciate your support. And on to today's topic. So before we get into this, we should probably say that where we share maps that were actually created for books or games or movies or something mm-hmm. like that, the intention here today isn't to hate on those maps. Oh. So everything we say in this episode is meant as like humoristic views on maps. Uh, so there are probably those of you out there listening who might like some of the maps that we are going to mention. And you know what? That is perfectly fine. Yes. Nothing wrong with it. So basically just take everything we say from this point onward as entertainment rather than critical assessment of the maps. Uh, does that sound fair, Autumn? That sounds very fair. This is definitely, if it's a pet peeve or something we point out, it's a personal opinion. Other people may totally disagree and that's fine. We're just looking at it from our own perspectives and to have a little bit of fun and poke some fun at maps because, you know, if you want to pull up one of mine and poke fun, please have at it. I'm fine with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, as I said, this is just entertainment, guys. It's it's one of our worst top 10 lists. So uh, we wanted to talk about maps. So yeah, essentially we have to find some maps that we don't quite like, but uh, (laughs) so be it. So be it. I think we managed. Yeah. Yeah, so we should alternate like we normally do, Autumn. And, Sounds good. Um, and and I remember, go this stuff. Yeah, I remember last time, um, probably because I uh, did the post-production recording in stuff, that I went first last time. So I think it's your turn to go first. Sorry. Ooh, okay. Ah. Okay, yeah. Uh, one day I'll make up my mind if I prefer to go first or last, <laughs> but I, I still don't know. So maybe it's actually a good thing just to get the decision made for me there you go Uh, well i was happy to do that because as we've said this is a partnership so um it's good if we both make decisions occasionally yeah i I think this is the fourth time you point that out today so i don't know (laughs) what's going on but something is going on (laughs) i'm picking on you today it's fun (laughs) yeah yeah you think it's fun i'm not sure i do I like when I pick on you, Autumn, but the other way around, that's not so fun. But these lists are all about, you know, giving giving back as good as you get. So here we go. Mm. Okay, well, uh, I can start with my number five, but I must also say that it, it felt a bit different making this top 10 list compared to some of the other ones that we've made in the past because it's... It's a bit more like, for example, the last uh, one we we made with like the worst superpowers. You know, some of it was really wacky and stupid and fun. Yeah. Whereas this is a, this is slightly more serious in the way that it's it's a bit like That's true. personal opinion, like you said before. It, it's not yeah. like fun like that in, yes. in that con in that sense that it's just silly and stupid, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. But let let me get going here and uh, number 5 is not the worst map that I've seen. Um <laughs> which is also of course why it's number 5 rather yeah. than number 1. Um <laughs> but I decided to include a map which some people might disagree with me about, but that's okay. I can okay. take it. It's okay. <laughs> Excellent. But it's the it's the map for Wheel of Time. Okay. Well, that's, that's a famous one. It's very famous, yes. But <laughs> I've always found this map quite boring. All right. No, it, it's just boring. like it's one huge, large chunk of land. <laughs> and then there is one of my pet peeves in there as well. You have the 90 degree angled mountain range again. And I freaking hate those. Yeah. What? Why do <laughs> Why do they keep popping up on maps all over the place? I don't understand. Oh. Mountains will never ever form like that. So w- when I see it, I instantly I'm instantly like 
pulling my head, hair out like, why do you do that? Please stop. <laughs> yeah, a sort of magic that would not, I can't imagine how that would happen in nature. So I, I do agree with you. In fact, I, I might be mentioning something about um maps that do that later. Not quite on this one. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. But, because, I mean, I could also know. have used the map for the Lord of the Rings, but we, we have sort of pre-agreed uh, ahead of time that we were not going to put that on the list because if we did we would probably both have it on the list. Not yeah. because Lord of the Rings is a bad map. In general, I actually quite like it, but it's just the mountains around Mordor that have... It's the same issue again here. Uh, and I don't like... I mean, Tolkien did have a reason for it. Uh, we yeah. won't get in, into all of that now, wh- no. why, what Tolkien had a reason for it and so on. But uh, it's just like, ah, come on. I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's because Tolkien did it and then everybody started copying or something. I don't know, but it... It's it drives me insane, and then there is also on this uh, wheel of time map, like in the bottom left corner of the map, uh-huh. there is some called something called the windbiter's finger, uh-huh. and it it's sort of like it almost look, looks like a small island that forms a finger or something, but it just looks really weird. <laughs> so we'll put a link to it in the show notes. So have a look yourself. But I don't know. I just don't. I don't like it. It's not no. my favorite map. It's not the worst I've ever seen, but it's certainly not my favorite. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm picturing it. It's been a while since I've seen that one, but I do, I do know what you mean. It's never stood out to me as any great for such for a book that has become sort of like a hallmark of a fantasy series. It's kind of a eh, map. I will agree with you there. Yeah, it but is. I haven't really yeah. studied. I never read the. I haven't read the books. I will admit it. I have never read the Wheel of Time. It's too uh, long for me to even contemplate until I like, until I'm locked into a room because I have COVID and someone's serving me tea, and then maybe I'll go through <laughs> them, or I'm locked on a desert hint? island. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then I'll read the Wheel of Time. Until then, I'm a little busy. Uh, that's a lot of books. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. I I got to I got to book six, I think it was, and then I gave up. And it's just, (laughs) I mean, I understand the people who like it, but just for my taste, it is way too slow paced. Mm. It's just like nothing happens, and on book after book after book, where it's just like, yeah, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I specifically remember some some places where you spend an entire chapter where nothing other happens than they need to exit a tent. And it takes them all chapter to exit the tent. And it's like, come on, move people. <laughs> it, just, it drives me crazy. Okay, I'd have to be really, it'd be at the bottom of my book pile. And I was desperate for me to get through all of them. And that's really tough. Yeah, right. I gave up. But uh, yeah, maybe uh, you're hinting at somebody who needs to serve you tea all the time. And I don't know what you were hinting at there, but uh, maybe you'll read it one day when that happens. Yes, I, I will hope so. Considering my husband is still currently um, away in Maine, I'm, he's not getting this hint. So it's just me and the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. You ready for my number five? Okay. Yeah, let's go. So this one, I, there is an example later in my list, so I'm not going to share it now. But this is more of a generic one of my pet peeves, and it's pretty easy to explain. But names of places that are in a font that is nearly illegible even when it's at full scale you know those big fancy fantasy fonts and then you take that and you shrink it to fit it into like a kindle why 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 do you even bother naming places when you cannot read it unless it is full poster size and then you maybe have a magnifying glass it's just I don't know. That gets my just gets me every time. I'm just like, why do you do that? The the terrain is already so difficult, and you have trees, and you have this, and then you have this loopy font that you're like, I don't even know what that says, and it's in Elvish. Why? Yeah, yeah I know why. I know what you mean. Uh, I I like to enjoy maps. You know, I, I I I'm such a fantasy map enthusiast that I love looking at the maps, and I can actually spend quite a lot of time just sitting there looking at all the details. And then if there's something I can't read or I can't see what it is, it's quite annoying to be honest. Yeah, and especially I think a lot of authors, you know, if they get a, a nicely done fantasy map or if they do it themselves and they use these fonts, they forget that. When it's on your Kindle, it or even when a paperback book, I mean, we're talking about a very small image, 
three inches by four inches, maybe. It's tiny. It should be very yeah. clean. And yeah, I've seen some maps that you just kind of look at. And you're like, why? I don't even know what this is trying to tell me. Why did you put it in there? And I think that's just such a frustration. And that's sort of why it's a pet peeve. It's just like, this isn't, you don't want to open it up and be like, oh, I love maps. Maps are awesome. I cannot read this. Why yeah, did no, you put indeed. it in there? Exactly. All right. I'm with you there. Okay. Well, oh, we're agreeing, so I'm winning. Awesome. Oh well, I don't know. Well, you agreed to the Wheel of Time as well, so we are even at least now. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Good memory. I was trying to trick you there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, my number four. I might even get even more people on my back for this one. Oh, <laughs> no, this is exciting. <laughs> Everyone, pick on Jesper with me. No. Yeah, I, I already. Uh, mentioned wheel of time which some people probably love so that's a problem but now <laughs> i'm gonna go all in and get even more people upset with me because now i'm gonna mention one of brandon sanderson's maps oh you're just asking to get yelled at <laughs> <laughs> i'm asking for trouble <laughs> you really are <laughs> oh geez so what is wrong with one of brandon sanderson's maps well this is a this is the one for warbreaker Okay. And uh, it's basically, it's in a city, so it's a, it's a map of a city. Okay. And, uh, this one. and in my personal opinion, as I said before, I love looking at maps. So they should be visually appealing. And they should look good, in my view. And mm -hmm. uh, it should be something that readers want to spend time enjoying. And this one is not. <laughs> it, I mean... It's black and white. There's not not necessarily any, anything bad about black and white maps. That that might be okay. Uh, in in my opinion, again, I I do like colors because I think it adds a lot more to the map when there's colors on it. Uh, but it's just like the way that the city has been drawn. It it's it's hand drawn, but mm -hmm. it's extremely busy. It's just like houses all over the map. Yeah. Everywhere there's houses, um, and I, I I get that it's probably resembling what a medieval city would look like mm -hmm. but it's just way too busy and yeah. i i mean have a look at it i'll, I'll play there, there'll be a link to that one in the show notes as well but have a look because i just yeah i, I think you know what i mean when you see it yeah and I, I have seen this one i think it's um it's drawn 3d but not from the top more like yeah kind of a, a bit side from the side angle. kind of yeah and so yeah. you don't really see the streets i mean it doesn't Makes no, it's sense. just houses everywhere. Yeah, it, it doesn't help you. It doesn't work well as a map. It works better as like, I drew a picture of a city. And it's not really a map. No, I no. Well, you can, you can have a map of a city, but then at least try to reduce the amount of houses in there and make it a bit like something that is, you, ha you have some other things than houses to look at. Something that sort of uh, makes you want to investigate all the parts of the map and look, oh, look over there, there's a small fountain or, you know, just make it a bit more appealing and interesting instead of just 200 million houses stacked on top of each other. Yeah, I don't like it. No, but no. Yeah. So now now I both both insulted Wheel of Time and Warbreakers. <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. And you're only at number four. I can't imagine where we're going to go from here. You know, if you touch Dragonlance, people are going to like flay you and bonfire you or something. Uh, I, I, can promise, I can promise I'm not going to go there. <laughs> okay, good. I just want to keep you safe. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, my number four is sort of what you've already hit it at. You had mentioned perpendicular mountains, but for me, I put number four as impossible terrain, as in not right. magical terrain. Like floating islands, that's fine; it's magical, but I mean illogical, cannot happen. Like rivers flowing through or up mountains, which I have seen, or around lakes, which would not happen. Mountains, like you mentioned, that are perpendicular or just randomly placed, like someone dropped a bag of mountains right onto their map and it's scattered all over. Our, this is a fun one, which I don't know how many people have noticed. Continents that are perpendicular to each other. And my example for this is Game of Thrones. Have you ever noticed that Wisterios uh, yeah. and uh, now I can't even remember where the Dothraki are. They're like completely right angles to each other. They are, oh, yeah. Would you and the other thing is, happen? with the Game of Thrones maps, the other thing is that it doesn't even look very good. It look, just looks weird. It does look weird. 
Uh, I mean, if, if you cut out all the... Um, basically, if you think about the Game of Thrones uh, intro thing, you know, where mm-hmm. the camera goes around the map and all that. Yeah. That looks cool. Yes. Right, that looks extremely cool. Well, but also, as long as you're focusing yeah. on the upside down map of England, which is yeah. basically uh, Game Wisteria. of Thrones, if you <laughs> if, yeah, if you sh- focus only on Westeros there, uh-huh. um, then that looks good actually in my mind. I, th- I think that looks perfectly fine. But then when you take all the, I also don't remember the name of it, but all the lands with the Dothraki and all that yes. out there, when you put that onto the map as well, it just looks weird. It does. It does not. It's too. It's like someone put England, made it the same size uh, as all of Europe, and just put it at the end outside of Portugal. And it's just like, that wouldn't happen. How would that happen? I don't get it. But And even that, I actually have another example. So I did think about this. Cities, they don't bother me so much when they kind of seem to be somewhere where maybe a city wouldn't exist because... That gets me curious. I always think, well, the author had a reason for putting a city there. So maybe, <laughs> maybe there's not. more to this. Yeah, maybe not. I always give them the benefit of the doubt. So I think, you know, maybe there's a story. I, I'm willing to at least hold my criticism of cities just appearing in the middle of nowhere. Maybe it's an ancient ruin and I just don't know that by looking at the map. But have you ever seen Terry Brooks Shannara map where there are rivers that literally go nowhere i mean they flow and you, you can see them come together these tributaries and they flow off and they go into other tributaries it's like an escher sketch of a map i mean stylistically it's like it makes me want to like i want to make an escher sketch of a, a fantasy world it makes no sense so i'll link to that one in the show notes but i looked at that and i think this is my example too for like a font that you're like why did you use that font but then you start looking at the rivers and they're like going up mountains they're going they're just <laughs> there's lakes they flow into lakes and then never out of them which can happen but not like six times on the same map it's just just it's one of those ones that is a hydrologist you know i studied environmental science and i'm looking at this going no <laughs> they don't, rivers don't flow together and then flow apart and just branch off and disappear into the wilds. It just doesn't make sense. No, um, yeah. <laughs> well, what you're saying, not with rivers, but the stuff that doesn't make sense, that's all, or actually my number three pick as well. Here. Ah. Oh, <laughs> go figure. Again, we met, if, if the listeners do not know this, we kind of met because of fantasy maps, so I would have kind of not be surprised that we have some of the same things on our list of pet peeves. Yeah, it's also a pet peeve, but I have a concrete one here, though, Ooh. for my number three. But um, basically, again, with things that doesn't make any sense, right? But here we're back to mountain ranges again for okay. my third pick. Okay. And uh, I don't know. T- tell me, why do we keep seeing this problem with mountain constantly? I, I don't <laughs> get it. But this third one on my list is the World of Warhammer. Oh, okay. I don't think I've seen this. So now. this is a, like a miniature wargaming setting. Okay. Um, in the middle of the ocean in this map, you have mm-hmm. a very large circular island. Mm-hmm. And yes, you guessed it. There's mountains formed in a freaking circle. Volcanic? It could be a massive caldera. No? Yeah. Yeah. This, is, this is where the elves uh, lives in the setting. And it, it's been a long, long while since I read the lore for the setting. But if I remember, there is a reason for it. Okay. Uh, but honestly, I can't quite remember and also i don't really care because it really rubs me the wrong way to see mountains shaped in a circle it's just like what the heck is this (laughs) short of a massive caldera like you know santorini volcanic kind of area yeah otherwise it doesn't make much sense massive asteroid impact that kind of thrust up the land on both sides but in general no mountains don't form right angles and they don't form circles you have a very no. weird planet if they do. <laughs> yeah. And what even makes this map even worse and why it's number three oh, no. as opposed to number five, which also okay. had weird mountains, yeah. is that it's like, take a look at the Warhammer map. We'll link to it in show notes as well. But take okay. a look at it and then tell me that it doesn't look exactly like a copy of Earth. 
you know, you have North and South America, there's oh, Europe, there's Russia, yeah. there's Africa, you even have Asia and Australia. Oh, no. And the only difference is that in the middle of the ocean, there is this circular elven kingdom with circular mountains. But otherwise, everything else is exactly like Earth. So I mean, come on. took the Atlantis myth, stuck it in the middle of the Atlantic, called it where the elves came from, and called it a new world. Uh, but That's honestly, couldn't building. you come up with something just a bit more original than that? I mean, just have a look at it. It's insane how much it's just a copy of Earth. My oh, God. That is funny. And that's actually a nice segue into my number three, which is different. Uh, for this we one, I think don't... we had coordinated this. I know. Sometimes it all works out. Nine. It's always surprising when we're on like the same stream of things, but it happens occasionally. So this one... Occasionally. Like, every time we talk. I like the passive-aggressive oh, yeah. passive, passive uh, comment. <laughs> it happens occasionally. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. I think it happens every time we talk. We're like, oh yeah, I was already thinking of that. <laughs> it's the easiest partnership ever. I won't tell people that. I let them think that we're constantly combating like we are on our top ten lists. <laughs> So my number three is, have you ever, it's a Terry Goodkind map and not to pick on him because it's a good, he's a good author, but this example is just a good, good example of one that I find so frustrating. And it's sort of what you just said. It's so generic that it can be anywhere or any continent, which makes me wonder, you know, how good is the story? How original is any of this when you look at it and you go like, oh, that's earth or oh, that's a continent with an ocean, and it's like the West Moorlands, the North, right. the Valley. Yeah. Oh my gosh, please. Just <laughs> make it interesting. Make it original. Don't just make it... It looks like you took a piece of the Gulf of Mexico and a little bit of Texas and gave it a different name and put it in a river and called it somewhere There you new. go. <laughs> what? <Yeah>. No, it's <laughs> horrible. Right. I don't think I've seen that one, to be honest. It's just, it's so, it's not in color. It's just um, like a antique paper and black, so black and white, basically. And it's just line drawings, and it literally just looks like anywhere. This is one of those ones where I think you've seen the world, the map, they call it uh, Clicheville or Cliche Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's actually one of my favorite maps because it is so well done. It's quite funny hilarious yes the dragon tail islands you know it's again the setting that every fantasy map has these exact same settings and it's hilarious to look at well this one is sort of the same way but not done to the gorgeous color quality of that one and it's just black and white and you look at it and you're like it could be mexico it could be a bay in alaska you know there's so many places that you're like it's like you know james bay upside down it's yeah yeah it could be anywhere and it doesn't inspire any excitement. You look at it and you're like, I don't know where I am. Why did you make a map of like my backyard? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no. And of course the, the, the major difference is also that the, whether it's supposed to be a serious map versus one like cliche, it's just the yeah. cliche map world. It, that's meant to be just fun and goofy. Right. It's- and there's a big difference in that. It is. Yeah. And it, yeah, the cliche okay. one is definitely, it's done so well that I would actually buy it as a poster. It is just, it is beautiful and, and it it's is funny. so yeah. funny. It is so funny. So yeah. I should find that Absolutely. and I'll try to link to that in the show notes as well. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Well, moving on to my number two. So it's starting to get more and more nasty now. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, but my, yeah, my number one is even worse. But I like in a way. It's... But this one is. <laughs> It's not far off what you were just talking about in the oh, sense that following the same this is like well yeah well this is like somebody sat down and then they sort of brainstormed like oh no what do I <laughs> normally find on a fantasy map and then they made a list, like a checklist of that. And then they started just checking them off one by one. Put this on the map, put that on the map, everything that you know, just one of each. So this is this one is the uh, fictional world of Aragon. Okay. Uh, and this is the map that they used for the Inheritance Cycle novels. Um, and basically, it's like you find a volcano, check. <laughs> you find a Grand Lake, check. 
Then there are some islands off the coast. Check again. A single forest. Good. And then next to that, there is a, uh, next to the forest, there is a single desert. Check. So I might be, I don't know, I might be a bit harsh here, but I really don't like the map. And also because they've placed the desert right smack in the middle of the entire map. And it just looks really weird. But I don't know. So, sorry if somebody likes this map, but I'm just not a fan. It, it just feels like a checklist map. Uh, and then just pff, smash together. There you go. Here's a fantasy map. And yeah, I'm not a fan. No, no, it sounds like my impossible terrain. Why is there a desert next to a forest? I mean, there's yeah, there's this desert. This one is as well. There's a huge forest and then a, a desert right next to it. That's just strange. I mean, it. it yeah, I, where you would find that in nature without grasslands or a mountain, a rain shadow, or a high plateau to cause lack of rain. I don't know. That would drive me crazy. I'd be looking at it going, Beats me. I've taken too many classes on geology. I think <laughs> it would drive me insane. Yeah, that doesn't sound yeah. like a good one. I'll have no. to check that one out. I don't think I've actually seen the map. So that one will be interesting to take a peek at. Yeah, yeah. Have a look at the link I in the show notes. All right. Well, my number two is one that I there are some examples out there, but I couldn't find a good one that I wanted to link to. So I'm just going to describe it. And that is maps with place names that are named descriptively based on like if you were holding the map and looking down at it. And the people on the ground would never be able to see that pattern or the places where it is a vast continent with areas separated by large obstacles, yet the names all sound the same. So there's kind of two different maps there. So it's like, you know, this massive continent the size of Asia and something at the Far East and the Far West sounds like they're from the exact same culture. That always kind of like, what? Right. No, you know, they should be different. I want to see I want to see some representation of different cultures and different types of people and climate on your map because that makes me curious to know what's different and where things I love traveling. That's why I look at these maps. I want to know what's going on. But yeah, but then you have those other maps. And one of the examples, and I couldn't find an actual link to it, was a map that, you know, kind of looked like a, a body. And so there was like the heartland was literally where the heart was and the headlands and the... Right, right, yeah. No, no, I don't care That's if it looks like cool. that. Unless they have hot air balloons or were named by a god or goddess, they don't know it looks like that. That's just silly. No. So it was sort of like your one, your number five. You mentioned something about the finger islands or something. It's just yeah, like, no. Yeah. So sometimes if there's a mountain and you can stand there and look off and think, oh, they're like fingers and you name it that way, fine. But in general, you don't go, oh my goodness, this looks like a lotus flower. I'm going to name this lotus <laughs> island. No, you don't do that. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. It re definitely requires that you get far away from from the uh, far above the land, and you you can see it from distance. Otherwise, you would never recognize patterns like that. No, and it, it just drives when I look at it. I'm like, you know, it's like the Nazca lines. You know, we're gonna we have been debating how the Nazca lines were made and who they were made for for centuries now, and it's just like you know, don't do that to your readers. We don't want to. You don't want them to be confused over the map and why you named it the elbow when no one knows it looks like an elbow. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Okay, are you ready for the worst of my list here? Yeah, this is going to be exciting. I want to hear what is the worst map you have found. Oh my god! So, <laughs> the number one on my list uh, made it here because it's just too lazy for my taste um and i'll start explaining why and then it's gonna sound pretty much like something i already said but then there is a kicker at the end okay okay so i mentioned before how warhammer the warhammer map is just a copy of earth well this one is basically the same but it's just for europe so okay. this is the I think you pronounce it Kushil world map or something like that. Mm. Uh, we'll we'll link to it in the show notes as well. But there are three trilogies written in this setting. And while I do understand that they're supposed to be a fictional version of medieval, medieval Western Europe, so I do understand that. But honestly, it just doesn't cut it for me when you practically just take a map of Europe, slap some new country names on it, and call it a day. <laughs> that's not a fictional map 
no i mean it, it and that this is where i mean like that sounds very much like what i just said about warhammer because it's mm-hmm. basically the same thing but if you are naming the country on your map that everybody can see when you know europe you can see that it's denmark and i'm from denmark and instead of writing denmark you call it jutland and as a dane i can tell you that a part of our country the part of our country that connects to germany just south of us is called jutland in real life that's what it's called so for a fictional setting which i'm supposed to immerse be me immersed in don't freaking put names in there that it's called in my national language that the, this, that's the name of the place that is for pretty freaking bad. sake it's horrible that's that is that'd be like me i just wrote the tainted face series and it takes place in this world in this time but you know a different version where there's fey and magic and if i had included a world map why bother so yeah and then to say it's fantasy and use real place names but I, I, I can imagine, I, I don't, honestly, I have to admit that I don't know what nationality the author of the uh, Kushul series, uh, uh, what nationality it is, but I, I can imagine, and I might be mistaking, and if I'm mistaking, then I'm apologizing in advance, but I have a feeling that it might be somebody who doesn't know the geography maybe that well of Europe. And then they just think like Jutland. That sounds like some fantasy kind of uh, well, maybe, but it's it's a real name of a real place. So at, at least do some googling first and figure <laughs> out if it's a real name before you put it on the map. Or at least if you're gonna, oh. you know, if you're gonna call it fantasy, don't stay away from real worlds. Like it, words, if you found it and you're like, oh, no one uses that anymore. Or that was the historic name. Just just stay away from it. It's not worth it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if you're then telling me that the author actually did know that this is the real name and then put it on the map, well, then I'm going to tell you, then it only makes it even worse. Yes. Because then then you knew about it. And then what the heck are you then doing? <laughs> it makes no sense to me. Oh, yeah. That's, again, to me, almost like lazy world building. If you're going to create a new world and you're going to call it a new fantasy setting, Make a new map, and if you have a hard time coming up with fantasy images or a fantasy landscape, like you just want to write a story and you want someone to hand you a map, there are programs and people who can do that for you. That is not a problem. Heck, I just found out how to randomly make a fantasy map in like 15 minutes. I was like, oh, this is too much fun. It has, it just creates <laughs> random things. I mean, it's it's 3D and it looks pretty, and you can start creating a story based on just something something someone hands you. It's better. If world building and map making is not your forte, get someone to do it for you and give you a hand. All right. Yes, please. You ready good. for my number one? This is a good, a good lead in to what my number one in is because it kind of shows that I am a graphic designer, I have to admit. Okay. So my number one is maps that look like you sketched it while you were potentially drunk or you had a migraine and you just wanted to call it done. It's good enough. I just <laughs> hate that. So there are software out there. There are cartography programs. There are graphic designers. There are people who can make you even a simple map that is quite lovely. It can be black and white. It can be color. But don't just do these like little line sketches. And I actually have an example for you. Have you ever yeah. seen Anne Bishop? She writes dark fantasy and she has some of the worst maps I've ever seen. I mean, I, oh my God. They're not if there's any Bishop fans out there, they're just going to come and murder you <laughs> now. Murder me now. I, or they might agree. I mean, they're just, they're line drawings. They're just black and white, but there's just, there's no passion to them. There's no interest to them. They're so simple. They're simplistic. They're so, they're painful. They're really painful. It's just you look at it and you're like, okay. what is the I'm point? I'm not seeing them. Yeah, I you will I will link to it in the show notes. But you look at it and you're like, what was the point of including this? It's just you know some trees and land. It's it's so boring that I would look at it and I would probably not even pick up the book. I'd open up to the map and go, if this is all the time and effort you put into making a map, and it is literally it looks like you sketched it with some thick lines over it and you called it good. And published it? 
oh, I just, if that's all, what's your editing going to look like? I just, I make an immediate judgment call, which isn't probably right, but that is what we do. We judge books by their cover. We're going to judge it by their formatting. And we're definitely going to judge it by what that map looks like. And it's going to greet us pretty early in the novel before we even start reading. And if I see a horrible map, I'll be like, oh, well, there's your book. What quality are you going to have in there? So... Uh, yeah, the mm. Anne Bishop one was just one that I was like, oh, this is so painful. I can't believe this isn't like a published novel. This is really bad. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm I'm curious to see how much hate we're going to get on the back of this episode, you know, because essentially it's going to be like, here are the world worst maps. And then in the show notes, there's just going to be a list of names of, of settings and all kinds of things that all the bots on the Internet can pick up. And then, oh, my God, I could just see how much hate we're going to get I on can... the back of all this. But as I said in the beginning, it's meant as entertainment. So yeah. uh, take it for what it is. Um... It's a personal <laughs> opinion. But Anne, if you need a better map maker, come talk to me because... Lady, I, your books, people say you write gorgeous, wonderful books, but your maps, blah, they're just horrible. <laughs> so I, I don't really know how do we declare winner of these two f- top five lists here, Autumn, because it's, yeah, I, I think it's a bit difficult. Oh, I, think this is a, I think, um, short of just, you just admitting I won, um, which is fine, I think that uh, we... <laughs> What? I think we might have to leave this one to the listeners if they don't, you know, come at us with pitchforks and torches for having pointed out maps that they absolutely adore. So we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. Well, at least as far as uh, controversy goes, and I guess we stepped our foot in the hornet's nest or whatever you say in English, but... That's about right. Yeah. But okay, maybe we'll we'll leave it for listeners to declare a winner here because honestly, I, I can't quite make up my mind because, uh, yeah, not that I have seen all of the maps that you mentioned, but at least the points you made, yeah, I agree with. And I also felt you agreed with the points that I was making. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think we can say the winner is the readers who do not have to see these horrible maps when they pick up a book. So... <laughs> All right. Well, we talked a lot about maps today. And uh, of course, our lists here were intended as pure entertainment, as I said. But if you are interested in more like, let's call it proper advice on fantasy map making, and it's not just a lot of goofy, funny stuff that we are sitting here and, and blurbing out, <laughs> then uh, or, or perhaps you just love fantasy maps and you like to geek out about it, then oh, yes. Autumn and I will actually be hosting an online virtual masterclass about fantasy map making in a few weeks from now. So if you are interested in that, and go check out the details via the link in the show notes. Uh, That'll take you to the registration page. And uh, I can tell you, we are looking so much forward to host this map-making masterclass for the very first time, in fact. Yes, it'll be so exciting. And we get to geek out about maps, which, again, it's what what brought us together. So, yay, it'll be awesome. So next Monday, we are going to discuss learning through author masterclasses and masterminds. How can such forums be helpful for your author career? If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcast and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash Fantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.